Here's Dan Schulman, President and Chief Executive Officer at PayPal, on the discussion Prioritizing Small Business in Economic Recovery, sponsored by PayPal. This idea of how can we help our small business customers really rethink their entire strategy for how do they continue going forward when the world has shifted more and more towards digital is something that we're, I think, uniquely able to go and do. Listen to the entire discussion on WTOP.com. Search PayPal. Politics, power, and the people. From Washington, D.C., this is The Week on the Hill. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. And that's what this is all about. We will not bow to lawlessness or intimidation. Those who perform these reprehensible acts cannot be called protesters. No, these were rioters and insurrectionists, goons and thugs, domestic terrorists. The attack on the U.S. Capitol has left members of Congress shaken, but also angry. House Democrats plan to soon try to impeach President Trump for a second time, with an article of impeachment charging him with incitement of insurrection. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and I was here in the Capitol when it all went down. If you'll indulge me, I'll take you through what it was like to be in this building firsthand as a mob ransacked the Capitol. Along with other Capitol Hill reporters, I work out of an area on the House side of the Capitol. It's just a few short steps across the hall from the gallery of the House chamber, where lawmakers were taking up the count of the Electoral College to affirm the results of the presidential election. Vice President Mike Pence presided over what is usually a largely ceremonial event. Madam Speaker and members of Congress, pursuant to the Constitution and the laws of the United States, the Senate and House of Representatives are meeting in joint session verify the certificates and count the votes of the electors of the several states for president and vice president of the United States. A short time later, in that very House chamber, guns were drawn and furniture was moved to block an invasion of rioters from getting inside. Across the hall from me, frightened members of Congress were on the ground in the tight aisles of the House gallery, trying to protect themselves from whatever danger might be lurking in the Capitol corridors. When we found out that a woman had been shot inside the Capitol, concern for everyone's safety continued to rise. I later learned that the shooting happened just a floor below us in an area known as the Speaker's Lobby, which is outside the House chamber. I was also alarmed when I saw all the protesters gathered on the steps of the east side of the Capitol, because that never happens. As I digested that troubling development, it quickly became evident the invaders were all over the Capitol, the Rotunda, Statuary Hall, the Senate Chamber, you've all seen the images, including that now infamous picture showing someone sitting in the chair that Vice President Mike Pence had been in only a short time later, presiding over the session. I looked out of a window that's on the west side of the Capitol and could see and hear the thousands of demonstrators making their way toward the scaffolding that's been set up for President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration less than two weeks from now. 
That scaffolding was, of course, soon overtaken by pro-Trump demonstrators as Capitol Police struggled to deal with the mass of humanity. I continued to report on the events in real time, all the while trying to remain fully aware of my surroundings, which were troubling to say the least. Late in the afternoon, we were told by the staff in the House Radio and TV gallery that everyone in our area needed to evacuate now. Capitol Police had decided it was unsafe for any of us to remain where we were, given the marauding mobs moving through the building. We quickly gathered up our equipment and started moving through the maze of underground tunnels that connect the Capitol to the House and Senate buildings. We were escorted to a media room in the Rayburn office building and were able to still report on what was happening as we essentially sheltered in place as lawmakers and staff members were doing. Ultimately, we were able to return to the Capitol when we found out that the House and Senate had been given clearance and lawmakers would resume the count of the Electoral College votes. At one point, Capitol Police needed a bomb-sniffing dog to check things out in the booth where I work. So it was clear security remained a concern. The floor speeches from House and Senate members were as emotional as any I had ever seen from lawmakers, and understandably so. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. I want to say to the American people, the United States Senate will not be intimidated. We will not be kept out of this chamber by thugs, mobs, or threats. We will not bow to lawlessness or intimidation. A seven-foot-high fence now surrounds the perimeter of the Capitol, and there are plans for a major review of how security broke down in such an unprecedented way. Knowing what I saw and experienced on January 6th, I'll never quite look at this great building in the same way. That was certainly the case when I walked past the Speaker's lobby, peering down a hallway where an unruly crowd had smashed windows and a woman was shot and killed. Still, I'm glad to be back at work. It's a privilege to walk into the U.S. Capitol each day and report on history, however it may unfold. I'm WTOP's Mitchell Miller, and this is The Week on the Hill. 